0: you're listening to the whole vineyard podcast to find out more about the whole vineyard church go to wholevineyard.co.uk. good evening good evening if you count in the cafe why don't you come on through a very warm welcome to you for those of you that don't know me my name is josh i am uh On team here at the church, part of the team, privileged being here for many, many years, came here as a university student in 2009. Some of you probably not born in 2009, and um, it's not that long ago, Uh, and I'm excited to be here tonight. Um, We have been in a series over the last five or six weeks uh, exploring the spiritual gifts, In 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, and and it sounds silly, but it's astonishing to me how when we take God seriously, and when we open his word and read things that are possible, and believe in God enough to actually lean in and and reach out and grasp hold of what he's promised us, um, it always astonishes me how he always moves. And he always speaks, and he always brings life and breakthrough and healing, and uh, my expectation is that this evening will be no different to that. Um, Over the last six weeks, we have seen uh, and heard God do just stunning things um, as the supernatural breaks into our reality and heaven invades earth, and that's going to happen tonight. Um, We're speaking on healing tonight. So if you need healing, you've come on a good night. Because God is, still in the, God is still in the business of healing people. Healing people's bodies and minds and lives. And I'm excited to see what God might want to do. And uh, What I would love is for everyone just to be open to whatever God might want to do this evening. Is that okay? That I've got a, a few things I want to share. I want to hopefully talk about healing and why I believe that Jesus wants every single one of us to operate in healing. Um, but I'm also very much open to whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do. So if you've got a Bible, uh, the anchor passage that we've been um, in is 1 Corinthians 12. Um, and I know there's a slightly younger crowd tonight. You, you may or may not be aware of this, guys, but they've started to do Bibles in book form. And it's, I know, it's crazy, isn't it? And uh, I'd really encourage you to get one of those. I used that this morning. It went down pretty well, so I thought I'd, <laughs> thought I'd bust it out tonight. I stole it from someone. I thought it was funny. Right, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 9. But it, made, it was important, actually, this morning, because we were reading, we were in the book of Luke, and there was a text after the one that we were reading, which is strategically placed there by Luke for a specific purpose. And when you're reading a passage on a phone, you don't see that, which is why it's helpful to have a physical Bible, um, but not completely necessary. Anyway, sorry, what am I talking about? Um, 1 Corinthians 12. We're reading. I'll read from verse 7, but there's one key verse that I want to focus in on tonight. Um, now, to each one, verse 7, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through a spirit of uh, a spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing. By that one spirit to another, miraculous powers, to another, prophecy, to another, distinguishing between spirits, to another, speaking in tongues, different kinds of tongues, and to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are works of one and the same spirit, just as he determines um, them to each one. And he distributes to each one, just as he determines. Um, I remember the first time I saw someone get healed. I was um, at a conference, and... um, People were called to the front to receive healing, and uh, then people were called to come and pray for people. And so I went forward, and I p- began praying for my friend, and I, I kind of asked, okay, what's the issue? And he said he had tendinitis in his knees. Um, this guy used to play football every single week, um, like loved sport. Um, and the tendonitis in his knees was so crippling, he had to stop playing sport. Uh, not only that, that he couldn't go in a car. So we were in Nottingham at the time. we are dr- driven two hours to get to Nottingham. And um, whenever he was in a car, he was in agony because his body was in the same position for a while. And uh, we began to pray. So I placed my hand on his knee where the pain was. And I, I can't remember exactly what I said, but something like, um, Lord Jesus, would you heal? Or we'll be healed in Jesus' name. And as, as I began to pray and welcome the presence of God, I, I felt the muscles or the, the, the tendon um, pulsating and rippling. There was something going on. The the power of, the power of God was present and I was like this feels kind of weird. What does it feel like to you? And this guy said oh, I, feel, I feel there's a heat there. There's, so, there's something going on. Um, we then took a, a moments break and asked him to test it out and he said it's completely healed. Completely healed. I then said, "All right, great. Well, Sounds good. Feedback to me in a week or so when you've got some more information. He said the drive back from the conference that we were at, um, back to Hull, uh, he was in zero pain. No pain at all. And in fact, he started playing football that week and to this very day, um, completely healed. I remember that story happened to me and I, uh, it blew me away because I didn't really have a theology Um, for God wanting to use me to see people experience healing. I didn't really have a a mindset for why that's possible. It seems so unattainable. Uh, But my heart this evening is that the faith level of this room would increase and every single one of us here would begin to believe that God wants to use us to step into the realm of the impossible and become people who operate in healing. Does that sound good? Um, So let me give you a few thoughts on healing, um, and then we're going to practice it in a bit. So the first thing I want to say about healing the sick is that it was probably one of the most common gifts of the Spirit that was manifest in the life of Jesus. So when Paul is naming the gifts of the Spirit, he's not saying this is an exclusive list of spiritual gifts, Um, Paul there uses the word manifestations and I'd encourage you to listen back to uh, the introduction that I did a number of weeks back. Uh, But it's it's the idea in principle that these are some of the things that the Holy Spirit wants to do in and through our lives as found really in the life of Jesus. And healing was one of uh, the major life characteristics of the, the ministry of Jesus. It was a fundamental part of the ministry of Jesus. When Jesus lays out his... Um, mission statement, his manifesto almost in Luke chapter four. Uh, this is what it says, it says this, "The spirit of the Lord is on me um, because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. So healing the sick is one of the core, um, core tenets, really, of the life and ministry of Jesus. It was absolutely fundamental to why Jesus came. Matthew 9, it says this, that Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, synagogues proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and, what does it say, healing every disease and sickness. So here we see that what the ministry of Jesus looked like. Jesus went around and he would declare the good news of the kingdom. Now the good news of the kingdom is not, his four things that you need to know and then you'll get to heaven when you die. The good news of the kingdom was, guys, the kingdom of God is close. The kingdom is near. Repent and believe the good news. So Jesus declared the kingdom of God, but he also demonstrated the reality uh, that the kingdom is close. How? By healing people's bodies and minds and lives. And too often, today in the church, we want to separate out those two things, don't we? We want to be a people, um, sometimes, who operate purely in... The word, what does the Bible say? And leave no space for the inbreaking of the the power of God's kingdom. And some Christians are really weird. They don't read the Bible at all and they want to do all the Holy Spirit stuff. And I would suggest that we need to have a both and approach. David Watson said this, all word and no spirit we dry up. All spirit and no word we blow up. Both word and spirit we grow up. It's good, isn't it? Um, So we need to be a people who declare, but also demonstrate the kingdom. R.T. Kendall said this word, Word and spirit come together, revival will follow. when Word and spirit come together. So the kingdom of God, in a nutshell, what is the kingdom? Well, the kingdom of God is God's rule and reign here on earth. And Jesus came to establish, inaugurate the rule and reign of God, which is what? The kingdom, the rule and reign is the way things were always meant to be. The way things are in heaven. Jesus didn't come to get us into heaven. He came to bring heaven to earth. Jesus came to undo that which was broken and to usher in to our reality, God's perfect world. Now this wasn't just theoretical. The kingdom of God is not just an idea. It is not a belief system. It is a tangible spiritual reality that we can encounter. For a lot of Christians, following Jesus is a theoretical exercise. It involves knowing a lot of stuff about God and trying not to do bad things. If I can just get through the day without sinning, um, then I've done okay. So I don't experience that. It's like most Christians live, you know when you get a big blow up beach ball and you're in swimming and on holiday, uh, most Christians live like they're just holding the ball underwater, you know, and you're holding it like that and then it like pops up and Christians are like, I just want to keep from sinning and then it pops up and I'm like no wonder why the world thinks Christians are so weird no wonder because we're all desperately trying to like restrain ourselves the kingdom of god and following jesus is much less about sin avoidance as it is about kingdom abundance and when we're preoccupied with the the, the mission of God and the intimacy that comes from being in relationship with God. And when we're walking closely with God, we're not worried about all that stuff. It, that just happens because the Spirit of God is at work in us and we become more like Jesus. And in fact, what happens is we become people who are far more characterized and filled with love, joy and peace. The three things that most mark the life of Jesus. Amen. So, um, Jesus doesn't just save you from something, he saves you for something. He saves you from death and leads you into life. He saves you from the kingdom of darkness and calls you into the kingdom of light. Uh, He calls you to be sons and daughters in the kingdom. And when you become a son or a daughter in the kingdom of God, he places an authority on you, a spirit within you, and an assignment on your life to bring the kingdom of heaven everywhere you step foot. Now, for many of us, this is something we wish were true, but our reality is different. Let me ask you this question tonight. Do you long to be used by God? Do you long to be used by God to see revival come and people come to faith and the the power of God's kingdom come crashing? And do you long to see people get healed? Jesus proclaimed that the kingdom of God was close to people, and as the kingdom came, people got healed. This marks his ministry. Sickness left bodies Disease fled, brokenness was banished, and freedom was ushered in. This was not just about Jesus, but Jesus actually uh, was teaching us a way that we could live. The first instruction he gave to the disciples in Matthew 10, can you guess what it is? Heal the sick. He calls the 12 to him. He gives them authority over unclean spirits and authority to heal every disease and affliction. Then he sends them out. The mission to bring the kingdom involved more than words. It involved a demonstration of the Spirit's power. And that is the same for us today. But this call to step into healing wasn't just limited to the 12 as well. Jesus then expands the circle. In uh, Luke 10, he sends out the 72. And this is what he says to them. His instructions, whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you, heal the sick in it, and say to them, the kingdom of God is. Has come near to you. Heal the sick. Healing was always designed to be operated outside the building, outside the church, among the broken and the needy, among the lost. The vineyard, we, this is in our inheritance. Um, John Wimber wrote an incredible book called Power Evangelism. Part of our DNA as a vineyard is that actually we're able to go out outside the walls of our building. I mean, this is a safe place tonight, safe place tonight for us to practice healing but the idea is that we take what we have and we walk it outside the walls of our building to the world where there are so many people who are lost and hurting and hungry and broken who their bodies and minds and lives are fractured and what we have is the power of the kingdom of God which can come and encounter their bodies and bring healing that is the heart behind this Someone once said that the meeting place is the training place for the marketplace. In other words, what we're going to learn tonight should equip us tomorrow morning when we're at our jobs, uh, when we're bumping into people in the streets, when we're in a lecture theater. I know you need need to finish, but when you're like, wherever you find yourself, you carry something that you can release um, to those around you. So then Matthew 28, the circle expands even more, and he gives the 11 apostles the Great Commission, which is this. Uh, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you to do. What did Jesus command them to do? Commanded them to heal the sick, raise raise the dead, cast out demons, preach the gospel. The call upon the church today is to do that stuff, to do the Jesus stuff. To be a Jesus kind of people who are simply following Jesus as Jesus is doing all this stuff. And be a people who do it as well. Let me ask you something. Has the authority that Jesus gave the, great, the disciples of the Great Commission, has this authority been removed from the church? No. Have we as followers of Jesus been disempowered to do the work of Jesus? No. Have we lost authority over the demonic or over sickness? No. Now, if the answer is no, i want to suggest that maybe there is an authority on your lives, on my life, on the life of our church that we have not yet fully operated in or walked in. There is an authority that Jesus has given you as sons and daughters that if only we realized it, it could change everything for us and for those around us. And potentially there is an assignment on your life as sons and daughters that if only we realized it could bring life to our city. So my sense tonight is that God wants to reawaken us to the kingdom power and a a supernatural dimension to our lives where we are always wide awake. God, what are you saying? What are you doing? And how can I partner with you? So let's um, read a little bit more Bible, if that's okay. If you've got a Bible, turn to Acts chapter 3. Um, This is a a wonderful encounter that Peter and John have with a man who is significantly disabled. um, And we see in this moment uh, a load of amazing principles for how we can become people who operate in healing. Are you with me still? Are we okay? All right. Let me read from verse 1 to verse 10. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the Beautiful Gate, to ask for alms of those entering the temple. It's money. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and they said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And he recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. Amen. Here we see two disciples fully walking in the Authority that is on their life and the assignment that has been given to them. What does this teach us about healing? Well, let's just work through it little bit by little bit. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. If we could have the text back up, that'd be brilliant. Um, at three o'clock in the afternoon, this was the day, uh, this was the time. Um, it says they're on their way to temple. So Peter and John are basically going to church. Okay, um, Healing the sick was designed to be a normal part of the Christian life. Peter and John are on their way to church. They're on their way to worship, probably to read some Bible, to have some prayers, and this encounter happens um, in a normal moment, an ordinary day. This is part of their everyday routine. They didn't go out, they didn't try and do healing on the streets. They didn't go uh, into town looking for someone that they could pray for healing. They were just about their business in an ordinary moment, but here's the key. They were open to heavenly interruption. They were open. They were awake. They were like, okay, Lord, how could you might want to use us today? And I believe, church, it's the call, um, the mandate, the assignment of every follower of Jesus to partner with heaven to release healing on the earth. And if only we have eyes to see it, that would change everything. I'm convinced that one of the reasons we don't see more power and more kingdom invasion is simply because we are too busy. I wonder how many of us would have stopped in that moment and gave the man what he wasn't asking for but deeply desired. How many of us are simply too busy going about our busy lives, consumed heads down on social media, walking around to miss all the opportunities to release the kingdom of God into people's lives I want to suggest maybe we've walked from our assignment and become consumed with lesser things. What would it look like if God began to interrupt our ordinary lives with moments of the miraculous? Most of the time, if we're honest, we are unwilling to be interrupted. Verse 2 says this, Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Notice the man didn't ask for healing. He didn't ask for salvation. He asked for money. He probably had zero expectation in that moment that healing was available to him. And I would say most people in our world do not realize that healing and freedom is available. Most people in Hull that are caught in sickness or addiction, or relational breakdown, or or financial disrepair, have no hope that anything could get better, that there could be breakthrough possible and available. So many people are living in that hopelessness. And church, we need to know that we have the answer. His name is Jesus. Jesus is the answer. Whether your marriage is about to break down, Jesus is the answer. Whether you're sick or addicted or oppressed, Jesus is the answer. If you've messed up and made poor choices and you find yourself just... At the end of your rope, Jesus is the answer. So the man looks to Peter and John and says, Can I have some money? Verse four Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, Look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting something, to, expecting to get something from them. Now, I wonder if you find these verses strange. I did when I first read them. It's almost kind of an irrelevant statement. Like, it goes without saying that Peter was looking at the man. um, And John was looking... If they're having a conversation, it kind of goes without saying, right? Do you you understand what I'm saying? I wonder why um, Luke, in the book of Acts, decided to place this sentence in. There is something about this moment that the author wants us to see. Peter looked straight at him. Something significant in that. Who Who would he be looking at? He's looking at a man who's been sick for years disabled from birth in those culture in that culture those with disabilities would would have been considered completely without value unable to work mostly ignored by people mostly unseen but the author wants us to know that seeing someone preceded the healing Peter and John stopped and they saw they looked straight at the man and they asked the man to look back which suggests his gaze was at the floor Imagine this moment, there is a man here who's so maybe full of shame. He's just staring at the ground. He's been beaten down his whole life. And he's just asking, I need some money. It's the same thing every single day. And two guys show up who actually pay attention to him. And they invite his gaze to be returned. There's something powerful about that. For me, this is a beautiful picture of the heart of God, the love of the Father. God who sees people, the God who looks and sees the forgotten. Joni gave that word during worship. The, the God who sees. Peter and John saw this man. Their heart, I imagine, broke just like Jesus with compassion for people. And this teaches us something about healing. Healing has to be motivated from a place of love. We see that in 1 Corinthians 13 after the spiritual gifts thing, don't we? The, the, all this stuff without love is completely irrelevant. Healing is not just about, it's not at all really about seeing the spectacular. It's about releasing the heart of God into a broken body. It's, not, it's about letting the love of God invade people's lives. And I think when God sees our compassion in our heart for people that are sick and we respond to that, I think that somehow accelerates the miraculous. So who in our worlds does God want us to see that has lived ignored for many years Who around us needs to know that they are deeply loved? Verse 6, Peter says this, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. Now I want you to pay attention to how they pray for healing. I'll do a bit more practical bits on this in a moment. They don't ask God for healing. You notice that? They don't ask God for healing. They give what they are carrying. They operate from the overflow of their authority and their identity. Now, this doesn't mean that the power to heal comes from them. In Acts 4, the disciples pray, and in their prayer, they ask that God will stretch out his hand to heal. So we know that it's, the power comes from God, and God actually, the healing comes from him himself. But I want to suggest that we are the ones that distribute healing. And this is a significant, powerful principle, and I think this is one of the main reasons we don't see more healing in the world today, Um, is this, in the kingdom of God, you can only give what you know you have. Jesus says to his disciples, freely you've received, so freely give. The disciples knew firsthand from Jesus the power that lived in them, the, the authority that Jesus had delegated to them, the assignment that was on their life, and so they knew that they had an authority to bring healing. So, Peter and John didn't need to wait for a word word from God. They didn't need to stop and bow their heads and close their eyes and and beg God to heal this person. They knew, do you know what, I'm on an assignment here in life to bring the kingdom of God and I see someone here who desperately needs Jesus and the power of God. So I have it, I'm carrying it, so I'm going to release it in. And God seems to respond to that level of faith. Does that get anyone else excited or is that just me? They chose to stop, they chose to look, they chose to speak healing, and God responds, which begs the question what if God wanted to release more and more healing in our lives and through our lives and on the earth, but He is waiting for us to step out? I remember really clearly once saying to God, God, why don't I see more? healings. I want to see people get healed. I want to see the miraculous. I felt God speak to my heart and say, well, Josh, how many people have you prayed for for healing? I said, well, well, none really. And he's like, well then, that's why. Someone once went to John Wimber who founded the Vineyard Movement. He said, John, I prayed for someone and they didn't get healed. And John Wimber said, why don't you go pray for a thousand somebodies and then come back and talk to me. There's an authority that we carry as sons and daughters. Now, this doesn't mean that Everyone will get healed all the time. And there is a, a tragic and painful reality that oftentimes we pray for healing and it doesn't work. Um, there's no real easy answer for why that is. The language we use is in the vineyard is, in the, well, really in the language of Jesus, is the kingdom of God is not fully here yet. How many of you know that when you look at the world? We live in a world of darkness and brokenness and sin and sickness and demonic forces And there's a load of reasons why people are sick. And um, the kingdom of God is coming. It is near to us and we can encounter the invasion of the kingdom, the power of God. But Jesus also said the kingdom is not yet here. And he said the kingdom is coming and one day the kingdom will come in its fullness. And so we find ourselves living right now in the in-between times. So we pray for people, and sometimes they get healed, and I believe they will, and I don't think we should focus or or make excuses for it not happening. But I think it's healthy to have a theology of suffering. And um, that's a whole nother talk, but uh, Jesus also teaches us that we will know him, uh, know the power of his resurrection, and share in his sufferings in life, and that the world's going to hate us. So, welcome to church. So, um... But I think there's a number of things that we can do to accelerate healing, and I think this is it. Knowing our authority, knowing our identity, knowing the assignment that we've been given, and stepping out and taking risks. This is what we see there. So when you pray for someone, pray in the name of Jesus, command healing. Uh, John Wimber used to say, tell the body what you want it to do, and I'm skipping ahead. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Um, We're going to demonstrate it as well. And then what happens? Peter took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and his ankles were made strong. Often I've read this verse, I've missed it. I always thought that his feet and his ankles were made strong, and then Peter lifted him up. It doesn't seem to be that way to me. Peter took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately, do do you see what's going on? Before he was healed, Peter stepped out, and that seems a bit of a risk to me. Seems a bit of an act of faith. Peter has not seen full healing, and yet he. Now, I'm not saying pull, start pulling people out of wheelchairs. No, that's absolutely not what I'm saying. You know, it's like just when we teach healing from Jesus's life, I don't suggest you spit in people's mud and put it in people's eyes. Jesus did some weird things, but what I would say, we're about to do. The, I'm going to teach you kind of a, a model for how to pray for healing. Um, What I would say the most important thing is follow the voice of the Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit tells you to do something, um, you should do it. But think very carefully before you spit on someone. Because that's a safeguarding issue. (laughs) And I will get fired. So before he was healed, Peter reached down and lifted him up. He took a risk. I wonder whether the man was healed because of the prayer or because of Peter's step of faith in lifting him up. God loves it when we take a risk. When we step out, God steps in. When we move, God moves. So often God responds to us. Often as Christians, we want God to give us the next step, right? We want God to show us the next step move that we're going to do in life, or we want to give us financial provision before we give financially and be generous, Uh, we want God to just say, oh, don't worry, everything's going to be fine, but unfortunately, that's not really how God works, and God actually says to us, hey, I want you to trust me, put your faith in me, and John Wimmer said, faith is spelled, anyone know? R-I-S-K, faith is spelled risk. Someone also once said, faith is spelled T-R-Y, try giving it a try what happens as a result of our prayers I want to humbly suggest it's not really down to us and sometimes we get things wrong and sometimes the kingdom comes and sometimes it doesn't but our responsibility is to be obedient be obedient to Jesus and what he's calling us into so how do we pray for healing how do we pray for healing? In the vineyard, we have something called the five-step healing model. And it's really simple. Um, I've tried to simplify it even further. If you're making notes, do this on your phone. What I'm going to do is I'm going to talk you through what it looks like. I also want to just start by saying what it's not. Um, this is designed, the five-step healing model, to be, re- to be helpful for people that don't really know where to begin. Okay, This is not designed to be become a liturgy it's not designed to become a religious boundary that if you do something different don't worry about that Uh, this is not designed to be something like a a burden that we put on people and oftentimes what what began good intentions when John Wimber founded the vineyard movement no one was praying for healing and it, Or maybe like the one person at the front, and John Wimber in the, the vineyard early days, they had this mantra called, everyone gets to play. And John began to distribute the gifts of the Holy Spirit to everyone, normal people. But people had no idea what to do and how to do it. It was completely revolutionary. And so we created this model, five simple steps, to help train people. Sometimes we think, well, that's the only way it works. No, it's not. But I hope this is helpful. Does that make sense? I'm pretty passionate about this because if we're too... Um, Rigid with this, it becomes religion, and then we're basically trying to formulize the power of the Holy Spirit. That's not how the Holy Spirit works. The Holy Spirit can do whatever he wants to do. Sweet. So, but having said that, hopefully this is helpful. <laughs> so the first step, and I want you to imagine um, someone comes forward for prayer, and we'll demonstrate it in a minute, but uh, someone comes forward for prayer, what do, we, what do you do? How do you do it? Um, okay, the first point is is this, in a word, ask, ask, okay, what happens in this moment? Well, in this moment, you ask what their name is, I think we've got slides, can you put the word ask on the screen, please, Timothy, thank you, um, ask, ask what their name is, and ask, where does it hurt, uh, or what would you like me to pray for, um, uh, unless kind of God is really... I mean, I heard this story just a couple of weeks ago from um, Bill and Chris, who I don't think they're here tonight, but they're part of our leadership here. And um, they went forward for ministry at our Vineyard Leaders Conference and went forward for prayer for something. And Bill told me the story. He said there was someone came to the right of him, someone came to the left of him, and st- someone stood behind him. And um, they, they kind of begin to lay hands. And the person behind said... Um, Hello, what's your name? He said, I'm Bill. I said, what can I pray for you for, Bill? And the person on the left told him. He hadn't said anything, but the Holy Spirit did. So sometimes that might happen. But most of the time, it's helpful to ask. I, I thought that was an amazing story. You're, you guys are just, that's normal for you guys, is it? That's awesome. Does that just happen all the time? It doesn't happen to me. So the first thing is, ask and uh, so you want to see okay what's going on here is this someone's leg that's injured is it um, is it some some sort of emotional struggle or addiction like what's going on here what is the problem this is not a medical interview it's just the facts ask what's your name how can I pray for you is really that simple the next step uh, I've coined listen so in this bit What you're trying to do is you're trying to just listen to them as they share, but also listen to the Holy Spirit, like one ear on them, one ear on the Holy Spirit. You're trying to ask the question, Lord, is there anything going on here? What's happening? Is there anything happening? Now, um, there can be a lot of different reasons why people need prayer for healing. And there, there can be lots of different causes. Sometimes the causes are really natural. Like I fell off my bike and I broke my leg. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. Sometimes um, there are other reasons. Sometimes there are emotional issues which manifest in physical conditions. How many of you know that the mind, the body, and the spirit are all deeply connected? We are, we are connected beings. And so sometimes um, uh, something like unforgiveness that has gripped our soul or bitterness uh, can eat away at us so much on the inside, it actually manifests itself in a physical condition. So someone, I've heard lots of stories about this, but someone might be having a particular um, issue in their body, and it might not be caused by anything natural. And so at that listening point, you really want to say, okay, Lord, is there anything going on behind this? Do you know It might be a, something spiritual. It might be a spiritual problem. Um, and so there might be some, nothing physically wrong at all, but it might feel like it. There's loads of things, and so it might be... Um, Emotional hurt causing physical or other pain might be relational problems, like lack of forgiveness might be supernatural. Um, in this point, we're just going to say, okay, Lord, what's going on here? And if you don't can't work it out, don't worry, just, just pray, maybe pray in tongues. And, um, that's the second one. So what's the root? What's causing it? Is it earthly? Uh, is it kind of physical? Is it beyond that? Now, the third step is to pray. So this is... Um, Pray. I want to teach you really kind of some simple things that you should do, maybe don't do when pray. Firstly, you should, um, okay, in fact, you know what, should we just demonstrate this? Should we practice it? So, um, has anyone here got a problem with their neck? Put your hand up if you, that's you. Anyone? Okay, Grace. Okay, finally, thank you. Come on up. Can you, can you come up? Are you happy to come up? Rach, can you come up as well? I'm um, just demonstrating um, a classic safety principle. We try and pray for men for men, women for women. Just keeps everyone safe. Hello, Grace. So you've got a problem with your neck. Okay, what's, what's the problem? Um, just aches a lot. Really? Is it, is it aching right now? Is it painful now? And how long has it been hurting for? A couple of months. Did you do anything to cause it pain? Okay, great. That was, that was the ask bit. Um, So, the reason I said neck is just because earlier on, I was just like, is there anything, anyone you want to heal tonight, Lord? And um, I got the word neck. So, thank you for coming forward. Did that a couple of weeks ago, and no one came forward. So, praise the Lord. That's it. I'm I'm winning. (laughs) Okay, so, um, what we're going to do, can we pray for you? Can we use you as a guinea pig, by the way? I don't think I ever asked that. Oh, I've fallen at the first order. So why don't you stand there and look at them. So Now, Rachel's going to pray for you. And what we're going to do um, is we're just going to welcome the Holy Spirit. What Rachel's just done then, which is I should have remembered to say that, uh, you should ask before you put your hands on them. And when you put your hands, put your hands in an appropriate position. Okay. So say, can I put my hand on you? Now, most of the time it's appropriate to, uh, if you're praying for physical healing, to lay a hand on the place. So if someone's knee's there... um, Put a, ask if you could put a hand on their knee. If it is a sensitive area, um, then don't. <laughs> Please don't. That's a safeguarding issue. <laughs> um, and putting a hand on the shoulder is fine. Is that cool? Do you agree with that, Rach? Stunning. So let me give you a quick thing. So number one, check it's okay to lay hands on them. Number two, ask the Holy Spirit to come and minister to the person. What we're trying to do when we're praying for people, doing any sort of ministry time, is we want to try and facilitate, like a midwife, whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do. So so again, we're not really doing anything. We're just kind of trying to partner with what God is already up to. And then we pray for healing. Now, remind yourselves how they prayed for healing in the um, previous uh, passage that we read they didn't ask God to heal they gave what they had so Rachel will say something along the lines of um, come Holy Spirit and we'll just do this now come Holy Spirit Holy Spirit would you just come and fill grace right now thank you for your power and your presence Holy Spirit So we say tonight, neck, be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed right now. I command stiffness to leave in Jesus' name. Full mobility in Jesus' name. Pain, go. Right now, we take authority over your, the pain, whatever's going on. And I pray full healing in Jesus' name. Come, Holy Spirit. Notice the the kind of prayers that that I was praying. Taking authority, um, commanding pain to leave. Uh, This is what Jesus did. Be healed in Jesus' name. Now, the fourth step of this is kind of, I've called it reflect. So in this moment, grace is being prayed for. Rach is praying for grace. Grace. at this point, when we're praying for people, it's really helpful to keep our eyes open. And I know that that feels weird to people. It super felt, felt super weird to me when I was started to join the vineyard. But what is really helpful, like if, if people encounter the power and the presence of God in a significant way... Um, we want to be able to, to kind of see what's happening. And oftentimes you can see the presence of God or see the, the Holy Spirit moving in people. Sometimes there's a physical reaction. Sometimes people cry. Sometimes if you've got your eyes closed and you're just like this, then um, you're not really engaging in the moment. Uh, it's, someone could fall over and you'd be none the wiser. You'd still be stood there, especially if you're not touching them. You hear a bang and you're like, what's going on? So that's really helpful uh, to keep your eyes open. Um, and what's next, so you're watching for the effects, you're watching, and when you can see the Holy Spirit, whether it's on people's physical, sometimes you can see eyelids fluttering, again, this is not a a definite thing, but it's just experience of ministering to people, you can see often the Holy Spirit, maybe a glow on the face, or start to shake, when you're seeing what God is doing, you're seeing physical response, okay, 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 um, let's just continue to pray more, Lord. And it, it's in this reflection time that we want to know what's happening for Grace. So Grace, are you with us? Uh, so how, did you feel anything? Did you sense anything in your neck? What? Your hands went really cold. Interesting. Rach, what does that mean? Who knows, Josh? <laughs> Thanks, Rach. <laughs> Praise the Lord. the Lord, yeah. So uh, an ice pack, don't know if that's true, but don't write that in your notes. Um, so, okay, now here's what I want to do. The Holy Spirit maybe was just touching you. Could you do, try and do something that you couldn't do before or, or test it out? Now, this is something just clicked. Now, at this point, we don't want grace to be kind to us because um, we're just trying to be obedient. What's actually going on is is the power of God, um, so we don't want you to be kind to us. But could you give us an indication? Does it feel any better? Yeah. Feels okay. So here's a helpful way to describe it: If the pain before you, we got prayed, you got prayed for, was ten out of ten, what would you say it was now? Probably like a four. A four? Yeah. Wait, ten and a half. Tens are high. Yeah, yeah. Seven. Okay, so it's still still painful. Okay, can we pray again? Oh, it's decreasing by the... Oh, okay, so it was a seven, and now it's like a four or five. Okay, brilliant. So let's pray again. Let's pray again. Um, I just, I'm a big believer that we can, you know, it doesn't just happen in one go. Sometimes healing actually comes like even the day after or or something like that. So we're going to continue to pray. Why don't we just stretch out our hands for grace and, um, yeah, come Holy Spirit, We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for the seven going down to a four. And we just command that four to drop to a zero right now in Jesus' name. Be healed, grace. We command your neck to be made whole. God, whatever's going on, we speak healing. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. And I just felt like um, uh, just... In my head, in my mind's eye, I just saw your, your spine. Um, and there was like a, God was just putting a rod up your spine. And it was kind of straightening. It was almost like the way you stand is going to be altered. And that was, it felt like it was a, more, about more than just a stiff neck, more a bit about identity. And I really feel like you just, you need to hear, Grace, that you are a daughter of God. He loves you. He loves you. And I just want to break off right now any guilt or shame in Jesus' name. Come, Holy Spirit. I pray for freedom in Jesus' name. Come, Holy Spirit. Would you bless, Grace, God, with full healing, full mobility in Jesus' name. Are you sensing anything, Grace? Feels better. Wonderful. Let's give Grace a round of applause. And... Thank you, Rach. Um, it's important to say, uh, the reason I got Rach up there is because um, I joke about the way Jesus did it in safeguarding, but looking after people, taking care of people is really important. It's really important. So people, when they ask for prayer, they're putting themselves in a really vulnerable position. And so we want to just put a few safeguards in place in order to honor them and and look after them. So we often encourage you to pray in twos and threes, um, always in a public place, and stick to men for men and women for women. Just a really, really simple, helpful thing. In fact, doing it in twos and threes is is loads better. so we're going to continue to pray for, for Grace in a bit, if you would like to continue praying. But hopefully that was a helpful demonstration. Um, when things stop, so when maybe Grace would say, oh, okay, I'm, I'm done, um, the next thing we talk about is next steps. And this is really, okay, what happens now? Um, you know, Jesus talks... Um, in John 5 the woman caught in adultery it was dealing with with a whole load of issues in that moment and Jesus said okay now as you leave this place I've, I've set you free I've spoken identity over your life to the woman um, now I want you to go and stop sinning and this idea that um, oftentimes uh, once we've come forward for ministry it's like when Jesus said once you've cast demons out of someone you need to have like they need to be filled with the Holy Spirit in order to stop it happening again. And so sometimes there's an occasion where you, you kind of work out, depending on the kind of prayer, okay, what does it look like uh, moving forward, just maybe coming close to Jesus, spending time in the Word of God. It really depends on what the actual issue was. Um, so if there's like a, a broken arm or something, you get radically, amazingly healed, Um there's not a whole lot of that, but the next steps is, is an important part of this. Um, actually, uh, an important next step is go check with your doctor. Go check with your doctor um, and get involved in the local church. Okay, is everyone on board? Okay, stunning. So what we're going to do, we're going to invite everyone to stand if you are able, and if you're not, we'll pray for you. And let's welcome the presence of the Lord. What we're going to do is we're just going to um, pray, invite the presence of Jesus, um, see if there's anything specific the Lord wants to do. Um, But I just want to pray for anyone that might need healing tonight. Thank you for listening to the Hall Vineyard podcast. We would love to connect with you and welcome you home to church. To find out more, go to hallvineyard.co.uk. Slash and stay up to date with all that is going on in the life of our church. Go to hallvineyard.co.uk forward slash Church News and sign up for our weekly mailing. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you soon.